As the basket is uh, still moving, I can't tell you how many people have asked me, but what if we want to write two checks? Totally fine. Totally fine. Just don't put anything in the memo line. That'll go right to the church. We'll be good to go. It'll, uh, I'm really glad that the uh, hundreds of you that have asked about that, I could clear that up for you. Do one online, one here. You can do that every Sunday. Two checks every Sunday. It's totally fine. We accept. There's no limit. There's no limit. I'm excited about this and excited about what we can do. All right, at this time, I want to be able to dismiss the uh, elementary school kids to head down to their class. And as they go, will you guys join me in prayer? Lord God, on this Easter Sunday, no matter if this is our first time in a long time hearing the good news or we have encountered it most of the days of our life, each of us needs to hear it again. And so God, I pray that you might give us fresh ears and open hearts to be open to your gospel and have it change us. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Many of you know I went to a small liberal arts school, uh, Davidson College, go Cats. And uh, when I was there, it was like seven, less than 1,700 people. And uh, what was interesting is like from my high school, from my year, three total people went to Davidson, which was a lot for a school that size. And so when we first, uh, when we were like freshmen, we were kind of known as like the Marist crew. Uh, but it just so happened that one of the guys that went ended up being the all-time leading rusher for Davidson College football. Another one was on this prestigious scholarship and he was incredibly driven and he ended up like, uh, forming companies and selling them, and he's, he's been very successful. And then the third one uh, was me, was me. <laughs> and so like, early on, people would say like, oh, do you know Drew? He's one of the Marist guys. And they would be like, the football player? No, uh-uh. Oh, the, the smart one? No, he, no he's, he's the other guy. <laughs> he's the other guy. And uh, that wasn't the best feeling. And so I just give you that little personal anecdote to say that I kind of feel for the disciple Thomas who we're about to read about. For all time, he is doubting Thomas. It's like, oh, you know Thomas, the faithful one? No, no, the other one, the doubter, that, that guy. And so I got two goals this morning. One is to try to proclaim the gospel, but the other is to redeem Thomas and to redeem him without taking away his moniker without taking it away, but to redeem Doubting Thomas. And we're going to do it by looking at what I like to call dead ends. It's the last thin place of this series we've been working through. And if you're a visitor, the shortest version would say throughout Lent, we have looked at these areas of our life where it seems we're especially vulnerable, where, it's, where we're especially open to pain, thin places, and yet at the same time, it seems that those are the areas of our life where we can encounter God the most. And so today is dead ends, and we're going to look at it 
through uh, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. Listen for God's word for each of us this morning. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came in and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hands and and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, you know who loves dead ends? Hollywood. Hollywood loves them. I have, in my entire life, never been down an alleyway that doesn't come out the other side. But in a movie, that's the only kind of alleyway that exists. And everyone gets chased down them. And you know what happens? Like, you get to the end of the alleyway, it's a dead end, they got nowhere to go, and just as, like, the bad guy's about to come in, like, Spider-Man swoops in, or Mufasa, that's the Lion King, if you don't have kids, like, comes in and beats back the guys, and, and it's great. I, I still remember my first moment where I saw this kind of dead end uh, story happen. It was E.T., which if you haven't seen that movie, I'm going to ruin it for you. But I have a 30-year spoiler, like, it's as long as I can wait. And so, uh, you know, it's at the end when, like, the, uh, the police, they find out E.T. and he wants to go home, and, and the police and the parents and all the adults, as it always goes, are trying to get E.T. And so the kids are on their BMX bikes and they're cruising through town. But finally the cops, like, cut them off. And they're, they're going and they're about to get stopped. It's a dead end. And then all of a sudden, like, E.T. gets them to, like, fly and cue the John Williams score. And in, like, one minute it goes from daytime to nighttime. And it's awesome. And uh, I don't know, you see that. And there's just something inspiring about a situation with no viable options. All of a sudden having options. And we think about the dead ends in our life. And, and we can think about it in like super surface level, but these are like real areas of pain for us. Relationships where, where we don't see a way forward, where the same fights happen over and over, where it's, it just doesn't seem like this is something that can continue. There are jobs with no upward mobility, where there's toxic culture, where it feels like it's sucking the life out of us. Many of us, we got trauma in our life or or illnesses that we have battled and they seem to limit and affect every other area of our life. Wherever we go, whatever part we are, it just seems as if it has held us back. It is this dead end. And then all of us have patterns of sin that we can't shake. Ways we wish we were different or places where we wish we would handle things different but we get into the situation And it's like a dead end where there's only one way to go. And we choose it over and over again. And in those places, 
So often we hope for something like we see in the movies. To simply be given the ability to fly over this insurmountable barrier into something new. And I think we hope for this because, one, it would be better. It would be better to be in a new place because those places are not fun. But two, because it doesn't require us to change. You know, those, those kids on those little BMX bikes in ET, they are pedaling before and they're pedaling after. It's the circumstances that have changed, but they're, they're still moving in that same direction. And so, returning to our boy Thomas, I was thinking about these dead ends and thinking about how Hollywood's kind of made us think a certain way. And it got me wondering about him. And I wonder if you've ever asked this question too. Like, what exactly is Thomas doubting in this situation? And the more I thought about it, I think one could argue what Thomas doubts is an E.T. solution to his dead end. Like a version of the resurrection that just flies over the cross. You know, the resurrection as a, as a Hollywood plotist, it makes for a good story. It's exciting. But what Thomas says is that, you know what, if the cross, if this thing that we just witnessed, that we just went through, if that's nothing more than the ultimate example of some dead end that God can rescue us from, well, I'm really glad that you saw Spider-Man Jesus and he showed up for you. But for me, my kid's still dealing with cancer. For me, I'm still lonely. For me, I cannot end the day without numbing myself with alcohol. I can't forget the cross. Because the cross is still with me. The dead end is still there. And so no, I, I need to see his wounds. I need more than a feel-good story that lifts me out of reality. I need a story that speaks into the reality I'm dealing with. What I need is good news. What do you need this morning? Well, a week later, as the story goes, the Lord, as He so often does, shows up in the exact place Thomas needs Him. And as we see, he invites Thomas to put his fingers in his wounds, put his hand in his side. And it's there, in that moment, that the cross, it ceases to be a dead end. And it becomes the very place of faith. The place where he can proclaim, my Lord and my God. The circumstances have not changed, but the grace of God has changed Thomas to see his circumstances in a new way. Do you want to be changed? Can you imagine? How old some of us are, how long we've been at this to actually be changed? To see the world in a different way? The good news of Easter is not that the dead ends of life are gone, but that we can discover hope in our wounds. That we don't need to run 
or scale fences or wait for rescue or fly on bikes to, to find the place that will actually make, give us peace, make us feel at home because the God of the universe has come to us and is with us. With us in our doubts. With us in our shame and in our pain. With us in our dead ends. As the prophet Isaiah once proclaimed, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Where is the way? Is it in the wilderness? In the wasteland? In the dead ends? This is where new life bursts forth. And so, friends, I cannot stand up here and say the wounds in your life are now far away from you. But what I can say, what I believe, what I have encountered, is that if we are willing to look at those wounds again and ask the God of the cross to show up there, we will find the risen Lord not only has seen our places of pain, but has taken them on. This morning, the good news of Jesus Christ declares these areas of our life are not gone, but friends, they are defeated. Like the wounds of Jesus himself, they are not healed. They are resurrected. Marks of doubt transformed into testimonies of faith. Thanks be to our Lord and our God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I pray now, and I love how the Scripture says, or maybe in a week from now, that we might be honest about where we do not see a way forward, and we might ask to see and to experience what you have taken on for us. And so no, maybe our circumstances will not be changed, but we will encounter your grace in the dead ends of life and see indeed there is a way where we thought there was none. That we have been given life and life to the fullest, defined by your story. Thanks be to God. Amen.